Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Jean Gallagher, and welcome to Discover Rising Tides, how the outside makes the inside better, where we explore the importance of the outdoors and maintaining life balance. And through this series, we'll be talking with women business owners to understand their journey. And today, as always, we start with our Healthy Living, Happy Life segment with Denise Stagall. Hey, Denise. Hey, hey. How are you, Jean? I'm excited for today. <laughs> There's some high energy happening here. We got some energy. We're, okay. we're talking about success. <laughs> yes. Denise is an international best-selling author of Healthy Living, Happy Life, a practical path to finding a healthy lifestyle that works for you, for you and curator of Healthy Living List. And this month's topic is healthy living, happy life from 3,000 feet, 3,000 feet, and how planning and organizing leads to a fulfilling life. And today, how success happens with the three Ps. Yay! Yay! And then our second, our second segment will be our main guest, uh, Diane McClay. And I'm really excited for that too. And Diane and Denise are friends, and that's how we all connected. So we'll get to that. But let's start with you, Denise. Lynn, tell us what. Tell us about the three Ps. Okay, so we've been talking about planning from the 3,000 foot um, area. So kind of looking down from up there, like you're on a plane looking down, you know, you can see things much more clearly when you're looking from above. You know, we get stuck in our minutia of every day. And so, you know, when we want to be, we all want to be successful, right? And so we all read a lot of books. We listen to a lot of podcasts. We do a lot of, listen to a lot of gurus, follow podcasts, whatever it may be. But what happens is we kind of get a little um, bombarded by great information. Everybody has good information, great information. The challenge, I think, where, where we really start, we start listening to all of these gurus, you know, you and me and Diane included. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but most of the challenge is before we start listening, we kind of need to know what success means to us. What is the path? Like, what, who do, how do we want to be successful? And of course, being success, successful means something different to you than it does to me. Mm -hmm. um, so when it comes to planning, we kind of have to go, okay, what is it that we actually want? in the big picture that's what we're looking big picture because then we can kind of um we can get down to the, the nitty-gritty uh, a little bit more um so again what is it that we want to succeed in and you can do this you know overall this is what i want in my life this is what i want in my business this is what i want for the next year mm -hmm. so it can be something that you work on the three p's uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. Um, you can use the three B, P, three Bs, the three P concept um, for all the different areas in your life. But I think what's important is we need to start with, again, core values. What are those things that are important to you? Why do you want this particular success? Why do you want to achieve these particular goals? Um, and at that point, that's when we can say, okay, we need a plan. So the three P's, of course, we talked about this last time, uh, are um, planning, prioritizing, and preparing. Now, what I tend to, what tends to happen when clients come to me, they've read all of these books and, you know, have all these bits and pieces of ideas. They've attended events, you name it. They've, and so they've got bits and pieces of a plan. Mm -hmm. 
you know, a little bit from, you know, Dr. J and a little one, uh, more information from this particular book. And so they have this compilation of ideas and it's overwhelming because they liked this piece of one program, another part of a different one. And so they kind of look at all of this going, okay, this is my overarching goal or plan that I want to succeed in, but I'm going to try to do different, I'm going to try to plan in three different ways, mm -hmm. which doesn't obviously make sense. And so for me, when I started to get my life back on track, because I had, you know, was dealing with a health issue a handful of years ago, um, my success plan started simply with eat real food, make a decisions and be accountable, which we've talked about. And for me, that was what optimized my overall well-being, you know, gave me the energy that I was looking for. Um, and really to find that healthy lifestyle that works for me, which is really in my life what, what I was looking for and what I help people to do. That said, there were also times even within that that I realized I didn't exactly have a laid out plan. And so that's where I came up with the three please, three Ps. What's that first part that I needed? I needed to know, well, what was the plan? You know, what was my goal? And the goal is part of the plan. And obviously then there are these steps. And most of us are not very good at planning. You know, we have a calendar. I have three of them. You know, I have one upstairs that my husband and I share. I have my Google calendar. I have one on my, you know, my desk just to quickly flip through. So we're not really great at planning. Mm -hmm. um, and then what happens is, when we face an obstacle or things don't quite work in that pseudo plan, um, we give up. Mm -hmm. So I know it's always said, you know, a goal without a plan is just a dream. So this is really where we want to sit down and um, access our inner, our inner um, guru mm -hmm. and come to and sit down with the, with a plan. What is it that we want? How do we want to a achieve it? Um, what resonates? So I ask Eugene, if you you have what is the one the next thing you want to succeed in? That's in that that question right there is so important and it's so hard for people to answer, right? And going back to what y'all get, I'll answer your question. I'm not avoiding much. <laughs> but going back to what you had said before, if, if people are going out and getting all this information from all these different sources, and there's just information overload, and it's overwhelming, it's easy to go, I have no idea. This seems like such a great idea in the beginning, but I don't remember because I've already listened to four other things. And that that goal setting piece becomes really difficult. And I think you have to bring it back to simple easy to understand bits and pieces, like what you just said, I needed to get to a healthy lifestyle. So let's start on a small thing and work towards it. Mm -hmm. And for me, setting goals is hard, but satisfying once you do it, because yes. now all of a sudden you have a focus mm -hmm. And, and it's okay to have goals in different areas of your life. So I have podcast goals. I have personal goals. I have professional goals and I have relationship goals. And, but having them siloed, even though it's all me, 
having them siloed helps a little bit and, and they eat, but they also each touch each other. Yes. And so two things that I think are really important, especially when it comes to that, um, to creating those goals. Mm -hmm. I love the, the smart goal. I love mm -hmm. making smart goals because they're, they're, they, you can write them down and they're right in front of you, that you can keep them right in front of you. Um, that's one of the first things I tell people. Let's look at what, what that first goal is. Like for me, um, I want to lose five pounds. What is, you know, what, what is that? That's my, that's my goal because it's measurable. You know, it's, it's pretty simple. You know, mm -hmm. I want to lose five pounds by uh, August 9th, whatever. Mm -hmm. So smarter goals really helps you to start that plan. To me, that's really the beginning of the plan. Mm -hmm. When you talk about, you know, siloing things, uh, so, uh, something that I really love to do uh, with my clients is the, the life wheel. Mm -hmm. And you, you've seen it mm -hmm. called all sorts of different things. It's where that, that pie chart of um, where it says, you know, you have different aspects of your life, you know, your health, your sleep, your relationships. I love using one of those. And I actually recommend to my clients that they do it every quarter mm. because this, this is, this is how you can keep, you know, the silos, everything in a, in a different um, section, but at the same time, because they all connect, I mean, your professional goals and your personal goals connect your personal goals and your relationship goals connect. Mm -hmm. And so by keeping an eye on that, um, the, the, the life wheel, and, and I changed, depending on the client, we change the categories. Mm -hmm. And so that's a great way to, one, plan, but it's also a great way to prioritize. Oh, I like that too. And, and, and people can understand that it, it ebbs and flows. It's, it's really a moving thing. So it can change quarter to quarter. And what's interesting in what you're saying is when I talk to people for financial goals, you know, goals... For me, when I'm talking to them about goals, I tell them that goals need to have three things. They have to have identifier. It has to have a name. It has to have a dollar amount assigned to it. And it has to have a time frame. So when you're saying, I want to lose five pounds in however long, you've just done the same thing with a non-financial goal is you've given it a name, a purpose. You said what your time frame is, and you said what you wanted to achieve during that during that time frame. So it makes it very simple. It's not just something that's out in the ether. It is this thing that's that's going to do this thing by this time frame. Exactly. And too often when people start to create a plan, it's the I want to lose five pounds, and then that's where it, that's where it stays. Mm -hmm. So the, you know, kind of using the concept of the SMART goal gives you those other pieces that you need. Um, and, and then that gives you a chance to prepare. So now here's your goal. Now, what are you going to do to achieve that in the prepare part? Right. Often in the prioritizing piece, before we get to the, the preparation, it really is, okay, so I want to lose five pounds by August 9th. Um, that, you know, in that, that priority. So maybe you actually want to lose 10 pounds, but, or, you know, kind of sitting in that, you know, 10 pound, five pound, whatever it might be. So say, say, I'm going to change my goal to, I want to lose 10 pounds mm -hmm. that, that prioritizes before you get to 10 pounds, you've got to get to that first five, right? Mm -hmm. 
Right. So I think that's a little bit where we need to prioritize. You know, we can't have this grandiose, I need to lose a hundred pounds by next month. Mm-hmm. Break it into smaller sections that are mentally and physically attainable. Right. So there's a little bit more of that prioritizing piece, but yes, the prep, now how do you prepare for that? Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that um, one, I always say the mo- one of the most important things is to get your family and friends on board. If you mm-hmm. live with other people, you're trying to lose weight um, and you're going to say, I'm going to go vegan for a, for a month. That's a little extreme, but let's just say that. Um, and you do all the cooking. You might want to tell your spouse or partner um, that you're planning on doing this because it's going to affect them. Mm-hmm. So part of that preparation really is about um, preparing other people too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it works with your uh, work career goals too. If you need to, if you have a goal that you want to uh, reach in your job with your career and you work with other people, it's really important for them to know because if you're busy doing something um, and you're not as available to people, they might get frustrated because you're not available to them the way you used to be. So again, preparation is really important to think of outside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the most important thing is to then actually prepare yourself personally, get the food that you want, um, get the recipes, um, plan meal planning times. Mm-hmm. So all of that comes into the preparation. And again, like I said, it works with your personal and professional um, and physical goals, too. One of the challenge of, challenges of preparation, though, is that it can be a procrastinator because, well, I don't have everything in place, so this isn't going to work. So now we're in, in overcoming that perfection of preparation. I was going to say, now we come into a fourth P, perfectionism. Yeah. <laughs> we're on the same page, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, I can't do this because I don't have it all. I don't have all the recipes. I don't have all the food. And that just creates a, a downward spiral. It can. And so what I always, what I always tell my clients, especially when it comes to diet and, and, and exercise is get one day, right. Get one meal, right. Mm-hmm. Let's start small mm-hmm. because what will happen, especially with that perfectionism, if you don't have everything in place, everything's not perfect. Then you go, Oh, well I screwed up. So I'm not going to reach this goal. Mm-hmm. You've got lots of time to reach a goal, you know, between now and August 9th, if I screw up today with, with, you know, my goal of losing five pounds, I can definitely pick up tomorrow where I left off. It's about so giving I think that's yourself grace part also. Yeah, giving yourself grace, mm-hmm. but not using it as a crutch to not try again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime, you know, anytime we, we don't succeed in something, we automatically think that we're not good enough. Um, we can't do this. And it really is a mindset Um, It's that internal judge that we have, you know, I always think it's the little angel on the one side and the little devil on the other. Um, The little devil is a lot louder than Mm -hmm. the little angel. Um, And so let's, let's uh, another time we'll talk about uh, the little angel and the devil in more, um, in more detail and how Mm -hmm. that um, can help us uh, obviously with success, with our health and our wellness um, and our exercise goals and food goals. Mm, I look forward to that. Thank you, Denise. As always, it's it's informative, but also achievable. Thank you.
Hello again, and welcome to Diane McClay, our main guest for today. And I'm really excited about this. If you ever talk to somebody you never have never met before, and you have a two-hour conversation that was intended for 15 minutes, you know it is good. <laughs> so that's what happened to us. And so, Diane, I want to give you a chance to give your bio, and then we'll dive in. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Um, for everybody who's listening, my name is Diane McClay, and I'm coming to you from Denver, Colorado. And I'm kind of in the middle of changing how I tell people what I do, because when you make a massive life change, like leaving a job or uh, maybe leaving a relationship or moving to a completely different state, there's kind of this inherent um, rebuilding of who you are. You're, you're reconnecting and reattaching to things maybe you've lost and you're discovering new things about yourself. So with that very vague introduction, um, in general terms, I'm kind of an empowering positivity coach, and I have this unique ability to help people see things from a completely different perspective. I was listening to your conversation with Denise about planning and prioritizing, and I'm like, wow, I really need to get better at that. Um, my personality <laughs> is that I'm very spontaneous. Uh, I don't plan a lot. I take advantage of whatever comes at me at the time, and so how do I tell people what I do? I just had a dentist appointment yesterday. And what I do is I ask questions. I ask people to think about shifting their perspective, just one degree, just a little bit, and consider the two important questions, what if and why not? And so in essence, if you're stuck and you don't know, you know that you can't stay where you are, but you don't quite know where you want to be, because maybe you don't have a plan or a priority or, uh, or the preparedness like you guys talked about, mm -hmm. you want to call me. I'm the person who can just take, I can listen and I take a lot of information and I can sort of filter it all the way down. And then I can redirect and ask some questions that help shift your perspective. And the mm -hmm. ultimate goal is to put the power of choice back into my client's hands to personalize choice and to empower their personal life journey. Uh, I think society has um, taught us that we don't have choice. Our, mm. our culture, our churches, our parents, our teachers, our bosses, I think as women especially, uh, sometimes we yield choice without even realizing that we're doing it. And part of what I want to do, part of my mission in the world is to reconnect people to the power of perspective, the power mm. of choice, the power of awareness, and then basically blend all of those things together so that they can make decisions in a, in a courageous and confident way to get where they want to go. That's, that's fantastic. There's so much, there's so much to dive into. I, I, so let's, let's start here. We identify ourselves when I, somebody, when you introduce yourself to somebody or they, or the next question that they say is, so what do you do? So our identity is so encapsulated with our profession. Exactly. And, and I don't know that that's a good thing because why, why would my opinion of you change by knowing what your profession is, right? So versus who you really are. But for those people that are in transition, there's an identity shift that happens, but also working through that identity shift is really challenging. 
Yeah, so can I just respond to that real quick? And then I kind of want to bring Denise in on this because she's sort of seen me along um, my journey. Um, my quick history is that I, uh, at first grade, I knew I wanted to be a park ranger. I managed to go to college and get a degree in recreation management. I had 17 beautiful years, uh, mostly beautiful in a state government in, uh, in Oregon. I had five years with the federal government. So I was in a system, right? Mm. And I knew that I was going to retire within that system. That was my belief. Well, life happens and things happen and people make mistakes. And then even when you make mistakes, I made some in, as a manager, um, there's a story that gets told about who that person is, what their values are, what they can do or not do, what their capacity is. And sometimes that story ends up taking a life of its own. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then we as individuals um, assume or adopt that story because it's been told about us. Mm -hmm. so, um, without getting into the details, that kind of happened to me, like a story and a situation evolved in my dream job. And it pushed me up against a wall to a point where I literally had to either accept what the agency decided for me on my behalf, or I had to step up and own what I thought was best for me. And ultimately that was walking away from my dream job. It was mm -hmm. resigning not accepting the offer that they gave me that was mm -hmm. six hours away from my family um, and then starting fresh and refiguring out who I was and what my worth was and what I was contributing to the world. Literally in that moment, I kid you not, in the middle of my heart, in the middle of my chest, in my body, it was like a jolt of electricity or a light bulb went off when, and the word choice just blared at me, right? And I'm going to just grab this real quick. I, it's so important to me that, and this is a little bit big, sorry, Fred, but one of <laughs> something that I've now wood burned onto a piece of bark. Wow. And it's not hanging on my wall yet because I need to find the right place, but it's, it became my mantra. So I want to go back to your question. I want to, I want to say that when we introduce ourselves, we are taught to say, what do you do? Mm -hmm. I would encourage people right off the bat to make a different choice and come up with a different narrative. And my question is, what's something you believe in? Okay, now I don't mean politically, right? Because that's just too dangerous on it's a too much. first yeah. date type conversation. <laughs> it's a too, too dangerous on a five-year relationship or a forever, right. never, 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 right. never. <laughs> this next statement, I hope that your listeners will understand who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. I believe in the power of nature. I believe in the power of choice. I believe in generating solutions, not solving problems. Mm -hmm. Right? So now you have, when I'm introducing myself, I can say I'm an empowerment coach, but there's, there's a thousand other people that are empowerment coaches. What makes me different is, first of all, I believe in you. I don't know you. I don't know your, I don't know your situation. But one of the things that's unique about me is I carry like this backpack full of belief and it's overflowing. Random stranger on the street, someone says, I can't do that. I say, you know what? I believe you can. I literally, as a park ranger, we're taught to put things in your pack that help you survive when you're out in the woods or when you're on a trail. You're a backpacker too, Denise, right? So you think of all these things we stuff in our backpack and we carry with us. And they're typically physical things, first aid kit, flashlight, fire starter, blah, 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 axe. And pack your fears too. So as a coach, 
I use that metaphor and, and, and I believe in story so that we can get to the heart of whatever it is that people are trying to figure out or move themselves forward. So inherently, I believe in you. So I think that changes the dynamic of the conversation. And we, not, we, don't, we no longer put people in a question of what do you do, i.e. what's your worth, what's your value that you're contributing to the world. We're really asking who are you as a person? That's profound. And, thank you, thank you. and I'm having a problem saying any more about that because there's nothing else to say. That is, it's incredible. And you put it in very clear, concise terms. And it's a message that everybody, everybody needs to hear because we are so identified by our action. And, and it's interesting when you even, even for people that aren't in transition. So when you're talking to somebody that maybe they're a homemaker, right? And so what do you do? And they say, well, I, I stay home and I take care of my kids in that kind of a tone. And it's like they've, they're, they're not being, their job is the most important job in the whole wide world. But deep down inside, do they value that? Or do they really feel that that, that job is the most important job? Because if, the, if, if, if there's not somebody within the family unit taking care of our kids on a purpo- large proportion of the day, it changes values, right? So it's, it's really an interesting statement. And so as people are identifying themselves or redefining their definition of themselves or how they're verbally going to say that, the transition between, as they're working through a transition between a career transition, let's say, staying true to themselves, but also staying confident and not being discouraged because whether you're going from one employee job and trying to find another job as an employee, which can be incredibly difficult if you can get an interview or interview over interview, or you're, you're making the brave change like you did from going from a system to being self-employed, both of those, both of those ventures are terrifying. They are, and I want to I want to bring Denise in real quick if I can, because she just typed something into the chat, which I kind of forgot that I wrote. Um, Denise, will you share that? Absolutely. So Diane is one of the uh, authors of um, my latest book, um, Healthy Living, Happy Life, Master Your Mindset and Get Bleep Done. And the quote that she included in her chapter uh, reads as this, um, the scariest part is right before you do the thing. Once you walk over the threshold, that's where your dreams unfold. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for bringing that in, Denise. And and I think that's true. Like the scariest thing before you make any kind of change is all of the stuff that comes up before you make the decision. And I have a belief If you were to ask me, what's the one thing that I want to change in the world? Or what's the one message that I want the world to have? It would be this. Too often, we are afraid of making the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. And we are paralyzed by trying to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. So what if, one of my favorite questions, 
what if we just agreed that there wasn't going to be a good or a bad, mm -hmm. a right or a wrong in front of the decision? What if we just said we are making a decision? Mm -hmm. I would love, I'm not going to have a gravestone, but when there's a party for me and people remember what I, what mark I left on this world, I would like the conversation to be about can you believe we're no longer thinking about right or wrong decisions? Can you believe that I've like for 50 years, I've just been making decisions and I feel happy. Mm -hmm. That would be my goal. Right. The, well, defining right or wrong. So um, many years ago, when I first started as a financial advisor, I actually started in this career part-time. I wasn't sure. I was living in an area that I never, I didn't know anybody. I wasn't sure if this was the gig that was right for me. And so I had another job and I was working part-time and trying to make that full-time jump. And it's just really hard to go from something that's secure to, to um, being 100% responsible for financially for your family, as well as your career, right? And so the thing, the, the secure piece had some changes coming up that I truly did not feel just like you. I truly did not feel that fit my, fit me. And I could not agree to the changes. So if I didn't agree to the changes, my only choice was to not be there. And, and I had, it was a Wednesday and I had until noon on Wednesday to decide. And at 11.45, I called human resources and I said, I absolutely cannot sign this paper come walk me out the door. And so when I walked out the door, the first thing that I did was I went to the beach <laughs> and I walked in the sand because what I did was I just burned my boat and I was excited and it felt like the right thing. And I was absolutely terrified, but I wouldn't be where I was today if I didn't make a decision Right or wrong, I had no idea whether it was the right thing to do. But you did. I'm, but I did. I'm argue but I did. But inside, I did. I right? knew. The mind, and you guys were talking about the planning and the prioritizing and preparing. And there is a ton of value in all of that, right? Mm -hmm. But no amount of, I mean, Denise, correct me if I'm wrong, but no amount of planning, no amount of prioritizing, and no amount of preparation can really get your mind wrapped around a massive life change, like a divorce or a death or leaving a job, right? Mm -hmm. You can think about it a lot. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, and jump in here. Cause I really, I kind of, I love, I love having like a, a conversation about this. You're a hundred percent right. There are definitely situations where all of the planning and preparation and, and, and kind of hard work um, doesn't make sense you know, certain life situations, there's, there's just so overwhelming and so much going on. Um, and I think that's where mindset, you know, that's where we need to start working on a different mindset. Um, you know, that judgment piece comes in no matter what the, the situation. Um, and so I would agree. Yes. Planning and preparing and all of that is awesome. When you're in a situation where that just isn't possible, that's when we need to step back and, you know, kind of look internally, like what is the mindset that you have about that situation? How do you change it? Yeah. And when you're in crisis, when, 
you have your crisis prior, prioritizing and planning kind of goes out the window. But I want to tie it back into the, you know, I was taking some notes when you two were talking at the start of the show. And one of the first things you said is, what is the, what do you want? What is the big picture? Mm-hmm. That is planning in like, if you, if you back out of the, the finiteness of it, what Jean wanted was a peaceful work environment. I assume she wanted to be valued and recognized. I assume she wanted to be compensated well for, oh, her, for her, her talents. Mm-hmm. I assume by her by the limited information I have in her story, if she's telling me that she made a choice to leave a situation, there was clearly something there she didn't want. Right. Which now she may not have full intellectual cognitive knowledge of what she does want. But in one of my books, I wrote choice happens when you know for sure you cannot stay where you are. You're not sure where you're going to go, but you know for a fact you can't stay where you are. That's where choice and courage come in. But there's also a belief piece too. Going back to what you were saying in your backpack, I must have been wearing some kind of a belief backpack at that time because even though it was frightening, I knew that it was the right choice, even though it was difficult. And I didn't know what would happen after. How did you know? Let's tell our listeners. Because like we... We're coaches, right? We coach each other. We get coaches. We we get we we build support networks around us fairly easily. But for the average listener who may not have access to that just yet, but we're going to tell people how they can get in touch with all three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone's like, "Man, I don't know where I'm going, but I know mm-hmm. that I can't stay," how would you define that you knew it was right? And same question to you too, Denise. How did you know that it was right? And how did that give you the courage to step into? That's a great question because when this happened, there were no coaches, right? This was long enough ago where you didn't reach out and ask for help. You didn't make tough choices. <laughs> and there's, there's a, a gut feeling or an inner essence that happens and that that it's you can't talk it down you just it you just know and it's really for me it's very hard to explain because I've talked to my business coach about this and there's some things that that have been going that go on in my business and I just know that it's okay and I just know that these things will be achieved and it's not because of spreadsheet I have a goal spreadsheet and I have a business tracker and I have all those things But for me, there's this internal gauge and guide that says, don't be afraid. Don't be a wimp. (laughs) Don't be a wuss. Do the work. (laughs) And, um, but what's also very difficult too is communicating that to your significant other that, that I did after the fact, not before the fact, Hey, guess what I just did? (laughs) It'll be fine. You'll just, you watch. But it's very difficult to convey those inner feelings that you can't put words around yourself and actually tell your significant other that financially, I just made a big change and I didn't involve you and um, it's going to be okay. So there has to be some serious trust in the relationship to make that work. Denise, how did you know? How did you, when you made a significant change in your life, 
and you didn't really have the words to express it, how did you know that it was going to be okay or that you were, that you were going to bounce back or that you weren't going to die? Definitely gut feeling. Um, the situation for me was um, I had left my job, my apartment, everything that I loved to move um, back to New York and be with someone who I thought I was to be with for the rest of my life. And as time went on, I just knew like that gut that things just weren't right. Um, And when I made the decision to end that relationship, it was, yes, it was a gut feeling, but it was more me saying to myself, I want more. I want better. I deserve more. I deserve better. Mm, Deserve. Yeah, which comes back to your preliminary statement of what do you want? Why do you want it? And, you know, you, you both said, look for easy to understand bits and pieces, mm-hmm. right? So maybe our listeners are like, did they really say that? Like, if you, if you take a really big situation or even a little tiny situation and you go to the simplest thing and you say, what is the easiest to understand here? And then you say, how do I feel about that? Do I like it? Yes or no. If I don't like it, how would I rather feel? Right? Mm-hmm. And then, then you can, once you know that, so I love how you just said powerfully, Jean, I just know. Mm-hmm. I just know. My partner, there are people she meets and she's like, oh, I don't like them. And I'm like, why not? She's like, I don't know. I just know. I just know. And usually about three or four months later, I find out that I'm the one who trusted that person a whole lot. And then I learned more information about them. It was like, oh, there it is, mm-hmm. right? But I want to tie this in real quick because it's like, if we look for easy to understand bits and pieces, and if we allow our goals to ebb and flow, as you guys mentioned in the beginning, and we stay connected to the why, and the why may change, right? Mm-hmm. But, and if we can stay to what does success mean to us, then we can use choice and we can use courage to move ourselves forward and we can find what resonates. You know, Mm -hmm. we can, I tell people, if you're not sure about anything, go for a walk, clear your head, go out in nature. Uh, That's one of my big things. And nature doesn't have to be like the wilderness. It could just be the sidewalk in the city. But I ask people this question, what do you observe on your walk? So, oh, I observed a dandelion growing up in a sidewalk crack. Why is that important to you, right? Nature is going to tell us, it's going to, nature, I think, is going to fill in some of those things that we think we don't know, but it gives us words or a story to talk about what we believe and how we can apply that to our life to be successful and to, um, to reconnect to our why and reconnect to our purpose. Can we talk about the outside piece to just a little bit more? Because I think it's really important, not just because it's a theme of the podcast, but it's kind of important. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, outside in, inside out. They're yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So, so that, that removing yourself from the current situation you're in physically and mentally and putting yourself into another situation. And like you said, it could be a sidewalk in the city, or it could be the deep woods, or it could be your backyard. What does, how does that why does that change our thinking and why does that give us the ability to have a, to take a breath and have a better perspective on what, or a broader perspective on what's going on? 
I, I think it's just automatic, to be honest with you. When you, if you make a choice to remove yourself from a situation, whether mm -hmm. it's a stressful situation or just the fluorescent lights of your office, you're empowering yourself with choice. You're, make, you're seeking something different, right? It's why we recreate on the weekends. It's why we travel. It's why we go to a new restaurant. It's why we try to meet new friends or we try a new activity. I think as human beings, we are designed to grow and to learn. Mm -hmm. And I think inherently we know that we can become stagnant in our own routine. Mm -hmm. And stagnation doesn't invite creativity, right? So let me put it into the positive sense. When you go to a new place, there is stimulus that your brain takes in both consciously and subconsciously. We attach ourselves to the things that make ourselves um, feel good Mm -hmm. and empowered and strong. And we also generate awareness for things that make us feel uncomfortable. Mm. And I think we crave that deep down inside. I think as human beings, I think we crave kind of that back and forth. You use the words ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. um, but when, to me, when I go into nature, everything becomes simple. It's way more simple. Like the tree is not worried about how much um, oxygen or rain it's going to get. Right. right. The, I mean, it just is that flower. It's either going to bloom and generate more flowers or it's not. It's not. Right. So I think there is a sense of simpleness that we as humans crave, but we forget to embrace because we're, we have to have stuff and things and schedules and mm -hmm. We have to, Denise, you're shaking your head. Like we got to fit all of this stuff into our day and our lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, just going outside and taking my shoes off and grounding to the land is, um, I think it's humbling. I think it's connective for me. And I think that there is always a lesson for me that like I am always looking and observing and I ask myself, what do I see? And then what is the lesson for me to receive? Mm -hmm. And so as a, in your time as a park ranger, did you see people for any extended time or run into them from maybe when they first got there till after they spent some time outside? And did you see, and if you did, a lawyer never asked a question they don't know the answer to. So I'm asking <laughs> you, right? <laughs> so I asked you this question and you could go, no, I never saw that. And then we'll go on to something else. But did you ever see a difference in how people appeared after they had time to let nature absorb into themselves? Absolutely. A hundred percent. And as a ranger, we would always joke, especially on my big holiday weekends, you know, we would always say everybody who comes into the park, the minute they are driving in, they are under the influence. And we're like, not necessarily of drugs or alcohol, but like they drove too slow to get here. The line is too long. The kid barfed in the car. They brought the right beer, not <laughs> enough beer, right? They didn't, did they pack the hot dogs? Did they pack the s'mores? Did somebody remember the blanket? Like they are bringing all of the crap that they have dealt with all week, all month, all summer, their whole entire life. They pack all of that emotional crap into the car or the RV or the trailer or the canoe, and they bring it with them. And their expectation is interesting. You and I are word nerds, and so is Denise, but recreate, R-E, meaning to do again mm -hmm. and create, to, born, to be born again, to renew, to refresh, 
people bring all of that emotional and physical baggage to a different place and and then they they expect that that's going to dissipate somewhat by the time they have to return home mm. what i mean and, and they do i i the the honorary person who starts out at four o'clock on friday afternoon is not that same honorary person on monday morning at 8 a.m when they're breaking the tent down unless the family doesn't communicate well about whose job is what's happening in the <laughs> breakdown process right but that but what starts to happen on monday morning is all of the stresses of we have to hurry up and get home we have to hurry up and unpack i have to work mm -hmm. tomorrow i have these mm -hmm. things to do i gotta do laundry i gotta i gotta go grocery shopping like there's a very narrow window where people let go of all of that external expectation but it starts to creep back in again when they start packing up to go home and i'm, I'm sure sunday night there's the dread of the creep there could be yeah yeah but I think the thing is for me, like, I'm just, I'm like, I'm just right next to me. Like I, I have rocks, you know, I, I pick up things in nature, me too. <laughs> um, you know, this fell on a trail. And we all have rocks on our desks. Right. That is so fun. <laughs> you know, I have, uh, you know, I have a, a pine cone with feathers in it. Um, for me, when I go to nature and I just pick something up and then uh, here's, here's the park ranger me, right? Don't pick up animals. Leave don't no trace. Yeah. That you don't know <laughs> and then there's are, the whole leave could, no trace piece, but we'll, it could be poisonous or they could bite you, <laughs> but, but inanimate objects, you know, here's a piece of, of uh, cherry bark, right. Mm -hmm. That, that has dried out. And I'm like, oh, that'd be cool to make paper out of it. Um, I touch things because it makes me feel connected to nature. And then I get curious and I ask questions and I ask what's the lesson. What, I, I, I could keep talking, but you told me we had to stick with it. I know, right? So. I was, I, that's really funny because I'm in the, uh, do I ask another question? Because well, this we is so time? fantastic. We're close. Yeah, we've got to, we've got to probably about five minutes left and then we can, what I'd like to do though, is I'd like to, to do this again and do this again in a, and have part two, because there's so much that we can talk about. And then what I'd like part two to be um, is instead of just hearing Denise in the background, I liked part two for be the three of us to have a conversation, um, an interactive conversation, because there's so much that we can put into Denise's, um, her monthly concepts and everything that you, Diane, have to your listening skills and your ability to filter and bring bring clarity to a situation that could be either overwhelming or like for me when we were talking I didn't know I didn't have clarity on something and what through our conversation unexpectedly the light bulb went on I'm like oh that's freaking obvious why the hell did I not even know I didn't even know that I needed to know that right so and it, and it brought clarity and direction and an excitement to something that i didn't know didn't have any of that Oof. well and i didn't know that I, when i engaged you in that conversation that wasn't that wasn't the outcome i wasn't like oh she needs clarity i got to help oh. her find it yeah. it was more like um and, and i guess this is what what i get excited about is i have i have this really unique ability to see something from a completely different perspective and I really appreciate you that you called that out and recognized that that I bring clarity to, you know, I, I bring, um, you know, I kind of settle the chaos in our mind. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this is why I love working with Denise and Living Healthy List. Uh, it's why I got to give uh, a shout out to Susan Taylor King, who is my coach and helped me get some clarity on 
what I was doing. She's the one who captured the backpack um, metaphor for me. But, mm. you know, really it's about how do we all support each other? And, you know, here's a perfect tie-in, right? You, Denise talks about planning, prioritizing, preparation. What if we could give people a summertime list of how they could use the three Ps to maximize their trip to their recreation spot so that they could get clarity, lose the chaos and have a good time. Like what if we overlaid the three Ps with success of life with how do we use the three Ps to connect to nature in a way that we can get that more meaningful connection quicker, faster, deeper, and then actually not fall back into the chaos of real life when we come back from our vacation. That would be a cool, com- like a cool conversation. Part two has just been defined. So everybody that's listening to this right now, are when we get back together, the three of us are going to talk about exactly what Diane has outlined for us. I think it'll be a fascinating conversation. So Diane, thank you. As always, it's, it's just a blast to talk with both of you. And so I appreciate your time today. And part two is coming up. Well, thank you for the opportunity to be here. I appreciate it. And Denise, as always, even if we don't talk a lot, just being around your energy and your space and your belief is always empowering to me. Jean, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening today. Today's show is sponsored by Seaside Solutions, my financial services company. As a business owner, it's easy to be pulled in many different directions and often taking care of yourself plummets to the bottom of the list. For me, I find myself outside to reground. My time outdoors helps me manage my day more effectively and be more present for my clients. Through this, Discover Rising Tides was born. At Seaside Solutions, we truly believe that education is the foundation of financial wellness. Our primary focus is to provide guidance that is designed to help you achieve your long-term financial goals and visions. Working with a plan allows space for doing more things that you love, like being outside to make the inside better. If I can help you create or realign your plan, or if you would like to be added to my weekly newsletter, please let me know. This week's topic was five ways to set more achievable goals. Your referral means the big, beautiful world to me. And if I can help, please let me know. And thank you so much for listening and see you next time.